as entrepreneurs, we want to make a huge impact. And many of us are. And, you know, as we're doing all our transactions, we're getting tons and tons of data. What do we do with it? Well, I got to tell you, I met a fellow entrepreneur uh, who is an amazing individual, is a chief marketing officer uh, at his company. And they do, uh, they review and have access in helping their clients to over $2 billion of media spend. And they are one of the few companies, there's a lot of people talking about data analytics. I know I've talked to a lot of consultants that are talking about it. Michael's actually doing it. Uh, Michael Lobin is just an amazing individual. I met him at Genius Network and I asked him to come because he, he really works with companies, you know, the Fortune uh, 550 and so on. I asked him to come to us because each and every one of us, as we build this data, there are so many lessons to be learned, if only we know how. You will know how. Stay tuned for this. I'm John Bowen. I am the founder of AES.com, uh, AESNation.com, and I am looking forward to this conversation with Michael as well. Unbelievable insights. Stay tuned. Ordinary success. No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep. Think bold. Drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com. Michael, I am so excited to have you here. Uh, we're sitting about a table apart at Genius Network, Joe Polish's mastermind group. And you're a relatively quiet guy. I never got hardly that much a chance to talk with you, but you were surrounded by people because this is one of our favorite subjects, uh, data analytics and really understanding it because uh, most of us don't. So thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Absolutely. Thrilled to be here. Well, you know, Michael, before we go, uh, I always like to get the background of how you know, people got to where they are. Why don't you share with us a little bit? Um, one, obviously, you've got an accent. So you're from somewhere else than the States. And I am very observant. <laughs> and then the second thing is, you know, how did you get into data analytics? Because it's only been it really, it's not a very mature business, as I think you would agree, too, is, you know, I, I hear more and more people I talked about in the opening talking about data analytics. And I, I went to one conference and I feel like I know nothing at all. And I knew more than most of them that were speaking. And it's just it's such a brave new frontier that's so valuable. Um, how'd you get there? Sure. So to answer your first question of where my accent uh, comes from, I grew up, uh, actually I was born in the uh, Soviet Union, uh, then uh, when I was fairly young, uh, the area where I lived became Ukraine, became an independent nation, and then my family immigrated from Ukraine to United States. And I've lived in the United States uh, since I was uh, 16, but uh, it seems like that although uh, I've lived in the country for now, what, 17 years? Uh, uh, accent uh, proved to be way too strong, and so I have not been able to uh, get kind of a flawless uh, English, if you will. Uh, so, Michael, let me just stop you for a second, too, because uh, one of the things I find a disproportionate amount of uh, data 
research people are Russian, you know, come from with a Russian mm-hmm. background. Is there, but you know, it's not that you went to a Russian university. I think you said 16, yeah. you came over. Is there any, why is that? Are we seeing that? Yeah. So I would say in that case, I'm a complete uh, uh, anomaly. Uh, I don't have a mathematics background. Uh, people that are close to me, I actually make fun that anyone uh, allows me uh, close to their analytics or data. So I'm not, uh, if you were a mathematics, uh, statistical wizard, uh, uh, as many of my colleagues uh, who are absolutely amazing uh, uh, are running statistical models, interpreting data. Uh, But I think in many ways this is what allows me to be good at my job is because I see uh, analytics uh, more as a uh, means to an end, and I keep uh, my eye always on uh, uh, what business is trying to accomplish and how we simply use analytics to get to that point. A lot of times we see that uh, people that understand uh, analytics, uh, they very much uh, see, it, look, look how powerful it is what we have, and uh, they don't be, they are not really very good at selling it, right? And we often notice that in companies, knowing uh, uh, or having access to data is not enough. Uh, once you understand data, you still have to sell it. You still have to be able to interpret it and uh, really do a great job at uh, explaining your message to the executives, uh, to the management team. And I think this is where really my area of strength is. As far as uh, why uh, many people that are very strong in mathematics or data or statistics uh, uh, come uh, from uh, Russia, Ukraine, I think uh, uh, those uh, uh, countries they used to have very strong uh, schools uh, that would focus on those areas. And uh, uh, probably in many ways, uh, students that excelled, uh, they were maybe given opportunities uh, to uh, attend international universities or universities in other countries, and so they left. Uh, so I don't, uh, I'm not able to, I don't have the data. Uh, yes, <laughs> it exists somewhere probably. But Michael, tell me how then you, you know, you're, you're yeah, to me, it sounds like you're a translator of this, which is more valuable because, you know, you've talked to and I've talked with many di- data scientists and it's sometimes hard to communicate effectively so that I can use their findings in business. And mm-hmm. Um, how did you get to where you're chief marketing officer of the firm? Um, sure. <laughs> uh, so the title uh, does not always uh, uh, do justice, if you will, to what I do. Uh, a lot of my work uh, is around meeting with uh, prospective clients, meeting with uh, existing clients, and uh, painting that picture right, of what analytics can do for their business. Uh, how I started in this uh, field, well, as we were building the company, we quickly realized that, uh, you know, we do not want to be just another marketing agency. Uh, we want to help organizations uh, uh, understand, uh, uh, you know, how they grow their customer base. How do they increase frequency of purchases? How do they increase the average value of purchases? How do they decide if their marketing was successful or not successful? So we wanted to focus on the actual measurement and uh, uh, understanding of uh, what exactly happens before a conversion, before a transaction happens, and how do we uh, get more customers uh, uh, to make, uh, let's say, buying decisions, so how do we help organization properly tell and share their story. So that was our focus. We thought that there are way too many organizations that uh, do an amazing job at uh, doing actual marketing, storytelling, branding, SEO, whatever it is. 
but there was a massive opportunity at helping organizations measure uh, what they do. And so my job, whether I'm speaking at a conference, I'm speaking with the group of executives, or with the group of uh, uh, clients or prospects, it, it really is uh, uh, painting the picture of what uh, data can be doing and how uh, it can be working, and promoting uh, uh, analytics. It seems like everyone should be doing uh, data analysis, uh, it, it seems like everyone should be doing business intelligence uh, with data, but it's much easier as said than done. Yes, it's uh, popular, yes, every organization uh, has a line item where say, you know, we're going to be more data driven, we're going to spend that much money on analytics, but we are yet to see uh, a lot of organizations are doing that well. Let's let's talk about Michael. How how do we do it effectively? Because I mean, one of the challenges is we are getting a lot of data. Um, you know, in today's world, there's even the smallest businesses are getting a lot of data transactions, whether they're an online or mm -hmm. whether they're a uh, you know brick and mortars. And you know how, how I mean, we're getting a flood of data, and there most of us. You know, it's so easy to get overwhelmed. You know, are we collecting the right data? How do we analyze it? How do we make smart decisions where, particularly as we're advertising and advertising online, you know, th this can be for many people the difference between, you know, an exponential uh, return on investment to a failure. I would even say further, uh, when you say failure, going out of business. Look at how many organizations uh, that seems like been in the business for decades are uh, going out of business or not being successful, right? So uh, past success, uh, past marketing success uh, does not really indicate that you will be successful in the future just because of how easy right now it is for uh, new companies uh, to enter the market, uh, enter a marketplace. And we'll talk a little bit uh, about that in a second. <clears throat> you know, so we'll, to answer your question, how do we do this well? Let's actually take a step back uh, from analytics and let's uh, uh, imagine that uh, it's January 1st, right? The day after New Year and we have a list of new resolutions and one of the items uh, uh, is, you know what, I want to get in shape. Right. This is uh, my year of where I am really going to get. I've had out. that more than once. Yeah, to, to the next <laughs> many, many of us, right? Uh, regardless of what the uh, resolution is. And so January 1st, you shop at the gym. Many people are there. And uh, you look at all of that equipment and you're trying to figure out, you know, do I start the squats? Do I start this bench press? Do I go running? If I go running, do I run for 20 minutes uh, normal pace or do I run for five minutes extra fast? And there are so many different options and you're a little bit overwhelmed, but you're yet excited and you do this, 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 and this, and you stay in the gym for two hours because you're motivated, right? Next day you don't feel very well, but you still, you're still quite there in terms of motivation. You go back to the gym and you do it again. Uh, maybe day three you, you still do it and then kind of day four, day five you feel, oh shit, I'm tired, uh, you know, this is too much, maybe I need to take a few days off and uh, all of a sudden we realize it's end of January, it's uh, February and we haven't been to the gym in, in quite some time. So analytics in many ways uh, follows the same pattern, right? We, there's so much data, right? Uh, uh, just as much as the equipment uh, that you have in the gym times 100. And uh, we, we believe that there is value in it, but we are overwhelmed uh, because of how much uh, of it there is. 
So what I call this is instead of uh, you know going to the gym or going to the data once or twice and being become uh, uh, hopefully successful, is we need to develop analytical fitness. It's uh, it's not just uh, how do we win this analytics. Uh, what are the daily rituals or practices that we need to adopt that will allow us uh, to start using analytics beta, uh, analytics uh, better on daily uh, basis. And sometimes it can be as simple as asking yourself, you know, at what touch points do I interact with my customers? Uh, how do I collect data about those touch points? How's my data compared to today versus uh, uh, yesterday versus the same day uh, last week, last month. So what are the trends week over week? Uh, why are there changes? Uh, why do I see that less people are buying or maybe more people are buying? Or what are the products that people are buying to get? Right? And so on a daily basis, you start answering those questions. And that's uh, a lot more important than kind of this big bank approach uh, where let's invest a lot of money, build a data lake, uh, hire 10 people. And yes, you have the right resources, but you're still clueless in terms of how to do them. So the way I recommend looking at it is uh, in terms of uh, uh, six Ps. So your first P is the purpose, right? You need to define why do we actually need all this analytics. Because you can make an argument that, uh, let's say, $10,000 that you want to spend analytics, just spend it on a CEO, spend it on pay-per-click, and then just get more people, right? Analytics by itself is not going to get you far, right? It's the analysis and putting that information into action is what's going to get you done. So you have the P's. The next uh, three P's is uh, the actual how the change happens, right? You have your platforms or tools that you're going to use. Uh, you have a people or who's going to be responsible for that, and you have processes, right? So those are the three things that are necessary to make any type of change within the business. And the last two pieces is what you can expect as a result. It's the payoff, right? The amount of money that you can make uh, as a result of uh, using analytics and its space. And pace is a very important one and often uh, overlooked. Pace is uh, using analytics, how quickly can you put your data into action? Because if uh, something, if let's say you're selling a product today and then you get access to your data and you analyze it 60 days later, well, think about it. It took you 60 days to analyze information and then it's probably going to take you another 30 days to put your analysis into action, 90 days. You, you can't, can't wait, wait that long, right? So, so the, the question, question is, almost on a daily basis, how can we analyze information? How can we put and apply this information that same day, that same week, that same month? And that's what uh, what's important. So what differentiates companies that do analytics well is they have these processes, they have these rituals of where they do this on a daily basis. And the organizations that tend to be not successful are the ones that uh, kind of decide, well, over the next year, they're going to become analytics driven. They end up investing a lot of money in this, but they don't have the processes to do it the right way. They don't have the fitness. So, Michael, I would say I'm one of those guys. I've spent some money, hired some data scientists along the way, got a lot of data, and have made some mistakes. Yeah, you know, where they, I really and found some things out you know six months later when the world changed yep. type thing so what i'd like to do if you're okay with this is why don't we just go through and each you know think of small mid-sized companies not the fortune 50 uh, because they're already embarking they may be doing it wrong and they can use you for that to correct that 
But let's go through each of the six, if that's okay. And and really, you know, in a you know small midsize entrepreneurial business, no. how, how do they do that? I mean, let's start with purpose. I mean, start at the top. When you were talking about purpose, you gave a little bit, but you know, give me kind of uh, you know the where you seen where you would see you know, and really, Genius Network would be a good um, sampling. You were, you know, where we were together, there were like sixty fellow entrepreneurs. You know, some nice businesses, some you know, emerging, some that are really successful. What would be their purpose if you were helping coach them through the six-step process? Sure. Well, your purpose has, has to do with your customer, right? So when we talk about analytics, it's all customer data, right? So think about your customer and think about the types of experience that that customer has with your business online. Right? Do they buy products on your website? Do they buy products on your mobile application? Is it easy for them uh, to, uh, to go through that process? Right? So the purpose might be something as simple as when people want to buy this type of product, whatever product you sell, right? how can I use my analytics to understand their experience and make their experience as flawless, as easy as possible? Right? Don't begin with, I want to use analytics to lower the cost of acquisition. That's BS. Right? You are thinking too much about yourself. You need to think about your customer. Right? Think about the organizations that you love buying online. Right? Often Amazon comes to mind, Bonobos, which is a much smaller company, uh, often comes to mind, and uh, uh, many other uh, organizations. So. What is about that experience that you enjoy, right? They tell their story well, the checkout process tends to be flawless. It seems like they thought through how to present their products, right? So a good purpose for this type of Indivo project can be is how do I understand what my customers want from the online experience? And how do I develop a process where it is easy for them to engage with me, engage, engage with me online. How can I use that data, not just to understand it, but to improve it along the way? Uh, that's great. That's really helpful getting that, you know, think, uh, thinking of it as that experience and really, you know, that's what differentiates us. And, uh, you know, I mean, as you said, Amazon, and I can think of a whole bunch of companies that just, yeah, they make it easy to do business, and I love doing it with them. I don't even, it's, a, it's frictionless or very exactly. close to that. And we often think that, uh, well, uh, you know, I, I'm not able to compete with large organizations uh, or I'm not able to uh, offer products that cheaper than somebody else. It, I have enough data to tell you it's not always about the cost of the product. People. Uh, and I'll use myself as an example, right? A lot of times I will pay you more for the product just because on one website, the shopping experience is just that much more pleasant, right? On one site, it seems like I know the brand, I like them, I, I read the blog, I have the type of connection with them. Right? And so I'm, I will overpay a certain amount uh, just because it seems like they get me, right? They understand. Where others, it seems like the product is cheaper, but the whole experience, I just do not want to be spending money. Well, and one, I just I bought something for my wife, and it was, uh, you know, one of the I bought from. I went back to Amazon. It was actually fairly significantly more, but I knew I could return it if she didn't like it. 
And it's that overall experience. I mean, this is, and I, I'm going to argue that smaller businesses, we can make our experiences much better without, you know, usually we've got smaller markets that we're working with niche, oh. higher price, and it's easier to do. But let's go to the second thing, platform. Sure. And what are we sure. talking about here, Michael? Yeah. Uh, so platform is uh, your technologist, right? And um, I believe uh, I actually, uh, I have a, a blog, uh, uh, a column, sorry, on Forbes.com, and then one of them, uh, I talked about the technology stack. So there's more information uh, on uh, on this on platforms. But basically, these are the tools that we need uh, to uh, better measure uh, the experience that your customers uh, have, whether finding your product online or engaging with your organization on a website, on a mobile application, Facebook, uh, whatever that is. And uh, I would say uh, that. There are a few that are absolutely necessary. One is just uh, digital analytics for your site or for your mobile application. Uh, you can use something uh, uh, as Google Analytics, which is a phenomenal product and it's a free product. And uh, for small to medium-sized business, it will give you, once it's properly configured, uh, it will give you everything that you need. Uh, and then uh, uh, you, you can, can use, use uh, solutions, solutions like uh, Google Optimize uh, that allows you to, or Optimize that allows you to test uh, different elements on your website. And uh, it's very important uh, to know that, you know, when we talk about uh, A-B testing, when we talk about site testing, you know, people often think that we do that to test the color of the button, or we use testing to, to test the headlines. Although that is what we often do, it's not really what we test. What you want to test is your assumption about your customer, right? So if I'm testing my landing page, what you're saying is, my assumption is that my customer wants this on the landing page, that they will understand this type of headline, that they will click on this type of button, and they want to test if I'm correcting my assumption or not, or if there is possibly a better subject line that will communicate to my customers, so this is my customers, right? So you test your understanding of the customer needs and wants. No, this is great, and let's let's continue it because I mean, one of the, the the big things I struggled with, you know, I go, okay, I want to start doing, and I took three years of statistics. I don't remember much from college, but I did take three years of it. Yeah. So I was a finance guy, math uh, major type, and. You know, I've got all this data and I'm going, I got to be able to see, you know, I mean, geez, you know, how can I have somebody look at this? Because it's not the how. I don't want to learn how. Yeah. And most entrepreneurs want to know who. But you know, who are the right people that are going to take this? You know, they get a clear understanding of what I'm looking to do, the purpose, the platform, and actually run with it. Yeah. So in terms of uh, people, obviously, yeah. you want to... Uh, uh, somebody who has a general understanding of uh, Google Analytics of all the solutions of how to do the analysis. But one is you can easily hire people like that. The problem is uh, uh, a lot of times they sort of live in their data lake, right, in that data tool, and they will give you the report that says, you know what, the conversion rate on the website has increased by 2%, and the bounce rate on the website has uh, decreased by 5%, and the abandonment on the website has increased 6%, right? So they give you the information, but you're sitting, you're looking at this report, and you're trying to figure out, so what? Like, what am I doing with this? 
So, so when, when I interview people, and I often interview people for our clients, when they're building their own teams, they invite them to interview um, a potential hires. Then one thing that I look at is curiosity. Right? At the end of the day, you want people that are curious. Everything else you can teach them. But unless people, unless the person has this type of desire to understand why is this happening? What happens if you change this? What does this mean? Uh, why has this changed? Why do I see these types of trends or I don't see this type of trend? This is what you want. The person who is curious, the person who has the business acumen to understand that the type of experience that you're building with your customer, uh, they will be able to pick up on technology. We often do it the other way. We feel like, well, look, I need somebody who can do the number crunching for me, and they do it, but they are not equipped that is actually translating that data into what we as business owners want. And that's why you need somebody who is more, who, who is curious to connect those two sides of things. Uh, and you can hire a company that will do this for you. There are many organizations that specialize in working with small to medium sized business, but you need uh, to have clear oversight where you get them to report right on what they're doing so they can provide you this, uh, their own reports in one week over week, how their type of work has translated to your bottom line, has created ROI. Yeah, and, and I think you know, starting out clearly right from the beginning is just so important with them because I've made the mistake of hiring brilliant data scientists, but yeah, we never could use it. And then I love the curiosity. I mean, it, it, we had one uh, group that was doing some pretty heavy analytics for us, but he was able to, you know, stuff I wasn't asking. He was just curious. He kept on running it, mixing it with other data and, uh, and found some really, you know, where we could locate our future clients to be able to help them through our experience. But let's go to the process. Yeah. You know, what, what are we talking about, Michael? What are your thoughts on processes? Because, I mean, this is so important to have a, a process as repeatable on this because it's so valuable. Sure. So the process, my, my key thing of, when I talk about processes, in every organization, it has to be, you know, similar to you know, using my workout analysis. Imagine if you're committed to something in your life, right? Whether it's exercising, whether it's uh, work, whether it's reading, right? So you made a commitment and you say, well, every week I'm gonna read one book, right? And you do that. So that's, that's a process, right, that, that you have. Like, and you cannot picture it any other way. Or you decide, look, every day I'm exercising, and this does not change uh, day over day, that's saying, you don't, you don't stop. So that, that's what I mean. So the process in, in this uh, fashion means that uh, we, we have our data, right? we collect the information, we do our analysis, we document our findings, and then we test our findings. Right? So my findings can be low. Uh, based on the analysis, I can see that, uh, I'll walk you through the example, right? So I do the analysis and I, uh, my findings are that uh, over the past uh, months, I noticed that uh, uh, people that are going through the checkout funnel, the number of uh, conversions has decreased by 5%. And I noticed that uh, specifically people drop off on page X. 
Now, evaluating for the page X, it seems like that the most number of drop-offs happen on mobile devices. And looking further, it happens on mobile devices because after we made a change to the mobile site, uh, this is what happened on that on that page. And my hypothesis is that this element or uh, having this on a on my website on the mobile device does not look quite right. Hence, less people are progressing through the checkout funnel. So my hypothesis is that we need to make the following change. You test that change, and then you see if uh, the number uh, of people that drop off has changed, if potentially the number of people that continue through the funnel have increased. If it has actually increased, it means, look, your hypothesis was right, so everything that you've done was right. And uh, when I talk about processes, it means that this type of flow, this type of exercise, you are doing this information that is available to you on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. That's what you want to get in the habit of. Not uh, many companies uh, run in something that, you know, they said we have a quarterly report. They put together a quarterly report, and then mm -hmm. they put together a plan of what they're going to change over the next quarter. Many organizations don't have the luxury to wait over the next quarter. Imagine this. Imagine if you're doing this on a quarterly basis. What, what you're basically saying is there is a group of people on our website that are absolutely annoyed with our website experience. And instead of fixing it, they're going to wait. They're going to make them wait for another three months. Like, imagine that what you're basically doing to your customers. You're telling them, look, I don't have a way to fix this. So I generally actually, I don't care about your experience and you have to suffer through this over the next few months. No wonder businesses go out of business because customers just don't care, right? The customer says, well, if you're not going to fix it, I'm going to go and shop somewhere else. And thankfully, there are plenty of options. Yeah, there are a lot of options. I mean, I, we do it weekly. I'm going, maybe we should do it a little more often than that. But it, you know, it's just the technology today, the ability to test this stuff with the insights and the returns is just huge. Number five, was it tail? I didn't capture that. Yeah, uh, so the number five is payoff. Oh, right? pay off. okay. Uh, and, uh, payoff, right? So, so payoff is at the end of the day, right? No one is going to be investing money if, in analytics if I cannot or you cannot demonstrate that all of this technologies that we buy or people that we hire, that this work uh, does not help us generate more revenue. Yeah. So, so this is, payoff is really the, uh, the measure of our activities. There is a reason why our clients right, pay us uh, retainers and uh, uh, or hire us uh, for large projects mm -hmm. because uh, with many of our clients, we have documented case study where we can show look for a dollar that you are going to spend with us on analytics, they are going to increase your revenue by this much. We have case studies where we were able to increase uh, online revenue for our clients by 100% right? without increasing their marketing budget. How is it possible? Well, it shows that you've just had so many inefficiencies in your process that simply by addressing some of the things that you've been ignoring and by servicing your customer better, you can generate that much more revenue. Well, and, and Oh, go ahead. Well, and I was going to go to the last yeah. one you were going to say, too, which I, I think you now corrected the problem and the ability to speed it up, pace, number six. I mean, this, this is where you start having exponential growth that only technology allows us to do. 
Exactly right, right? And so pace means that I'm not going to wait uh, until the next quarter. I am going to be using analytics on a daily basis, right? So that's uh, uh, what I find that most successful organizations do well, is that they're able to use analytics every single day. Yeah, Michael, we're running a little out of time, but I want to go to one area that you just wrote an article in Forbes. You're part of the Forbes Communication Council. And I'm going to pull it up. Uh, you know, it's subscription analysis. Every business metric you must know to be successful. Uh, one of the things that's going on is more and more of the businesses are moving to a reoccurring revenue model uh, mm -hmm. subscription. And, you know, this is, it is, it not only sounds like a great business model, you know, the valuations are amazing. Sure. But it's a very different business and there's a lot of data generated. And I do have a you know, fairly significant membership group as well. And it's like, I've never found something that is so good, but is a lot of work. And yeah. uh, why don't you just comment on your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. So let me paint the picture, if you will. Uh, earlier this week, I was in Paris uh, for meetings uh, with clients. And uh, I was uh, walking uh, to my hotel after a meeting, and I see a line of people on the street, right? And, uh, you know, immediately, I, I think, uh, you know, if I did not know where this was, I happen to know that they're extremely well. Uh, you know, you would think, well, this is a line to museum. Maybe this is a line to eat some uh, world-famous... Uh, you know, croissants, whatever that might be, right? But no, it's actually not. Uh, it's the line uh, to Louis Vuitton store, right? uh, where people stay in line for an hour so they can go in and potentially buy uh, a bag for two or three thousand dollars or, or whatever the product might be. So why am I uh, telling you the story? Well, because in subscription services, uh, one of the metrics that, in my opinion, that rules the all, if you will, is uh, customer lifetime value, right? It's understanding how much money uh, a customer that is a fan, right? A customer that will stay in line, uh, the customer that is, uh, you know, your diehard fan is going to spend with your business over a lifetime. And uh, this metric is very, very important. And unfortunately, uh, I see it uh, every day that subscription businesses don't pay enough attention to that metric. Is when they talk about acquisition, they uh, think about this is the amount of money that I can spend to acquire somebody uh, based on the amount of money that they can generate on the first transaction, maybe on the second transaction, not over the lifetime. So if you're running the subscription business, there are a couple of things to, to really uh, focus on. One is who is my diehard audience, right? Who are the people that I'm building this for? And uh, once you identify those people, and over their lifetime value, how much money can they expect to generate? And then using that lifetime value model, and uh, there are different ways to calculate that, we can go into. If anyone has a question, I'm happy to provide the share more information. I actually did a webinar, a couple of webinars on customer lifetime value analytics. And then using that information, you start thinking, okay, how much money can I spend on acquisition, and how long will it take me to recoup that acquisition? Yeah, it's, you know, what I love about it is it gives you, if you, you know, you can get your retention rates out, which so many of the businesses don't pay attention, which is, you know, that maximizes the lifetime value. You can have a huge competitive advantage 
in advertising. And Absolutely. this and this is really, I mean, Michael, this is, you know, I appreciate very much you coming on because really what we're talking about, our fellow entrepreneurs, is giving them an unfair competitive advantage. I mean, totally legal. You own the data. You have all this stuff. But so many people are saying they're doing it but not doing it, and they're missing out on the opportunities. And, you know, uh, let me go kind of, I'm going to just summarize real quick. Uh, no, no. Oh, go ahead, Michael. No, no, just, just one last thing uh, to say. Uh, sorry, you, you said they have unfair competitive advantage. So I think right now the organizations that do this well, right, uh, they're able to generate that unfair competitive advantage. But I would say as we, as we progress, right, uh, simply saying, well, I, you know, we are doing analytics, it, it's going to be just the price, uh, you know, to be at the table. Yeah, it's, yeah, table stakes, you know, as in a poker game. I totally agree. And, and, I, and I think that's, you know, and, and if you don't do it, you don't get to play. I mean, and this we go back to the bankruptcy side. So let me do the key takeaways because this is a really important one. And, you know, it's one that's easy to not do anything about and cause yourself huge amount of pain. So not only do you miss the opportunity, but then you don't get to be at the table anymore. And, you know, all of us want to make a huge impact. But I would encourage you, you know, to go to, you know, we'll have, we have the video on our website, aesnation.com. You know, to, and there'll be the transcript, the show notes, all the links, uh, and Michael's company. I'm going to pull up your website, Michael. Um, anything on uh, infotrust.com that they, you know, if they want to learn more about the business, where would they go? And I'll, I'll sure. hit the button for cookies yeah. now, too, on data. So, absolutely. Uh, look, we have a great uh, uh, company culture. We've been recognized by many organizations as the best place to work. So, you can read more a little bit about our culture. Uh, if you're interested in some of the resources, our resource section, our blog section has tons of free content uh, where we've done webinars uh, uh, on customer lifetime value. Uh, the, you can see, uh, actually, uh, Vaga has a lot of information. There are case studies. Uh, uh, we often organize different uh, webinars. So there is an endless supply of uh, uh, good content uh, that talks about analytics uh, that uh, uh, does, um, you know, that it goes into a lot more detail, right? So if you found the past half an hour uh, valuable, our website probably has uh, 300 hours of worth of content, uh, whether it's uh, webinars, uh, uh, whether it's videos, uh, whether it's uh, white papers, resources. Uh, so check that out. And uh, if you're looking for more specific uh, advice or guidance, uh, uh, just email me and I will point you in the right direction. I'm always, uh, the fellow entrepreneurs uh, are happy to hop on a call and just uh, share some uh, information that I've come across obviously uh, after doing this for years and uh, just uh, help out if I can. Yeah, Michael, I, I want to thank you. And again, encourage everybody to go to asnation.com. Uh, you know, Michael, this is, you know, a lot of your valuable time and, and a huge amount of insights. And I, I've talked with a lot of people about, uh, you know, data analytics. And I think you are the most succinct that I've ever, you know, talked with. And, and, and I do want to say this is, you know, you got the opportunity now for an unfair competitive advantage. You can see some of the major players. I mean, you know, nobody's going to argue that Amazon, Google, and we go on and on have an unfair competitive advantage. Okay, later on, if you're going to wait a while, it's going to be table stakes and to be able to play your clients, your future clients and all your future strategic partners are counting on you. 
Don't let them down. We wish you the best of success. Thank you. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com.